is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live from a couple places on the internet. We're live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Twitch. We're live on Twitter slash X, whatever you call it. Maybe you're listening later on Spotify, on Apple, on Google. I don't know. Maybe you're Google. Google. In a far future on some sort of coconut radio that you've constructed after the apocalypse. Very cool. But I'll tell you what. We wouldn't be able to broadcast all of those places without the fine folks who are supporting us over at patreon.com slash comic book club. Once a month, we pay tribute to some of these fine supporters. Of course, we thank all the supporters, but anybody at the $5 and up level, we give a little shout out, a little thank you here. So let's kick that off right here at the top before we get to the great guests that we have a little later in the show, starting with Aaron C. Hollis. Adam DeRose. Adam Marks. Adriel Moreland. Alana Fontenot. Amanda Harris. Andrew Primo. Andrew Tillman. Ashy G. Beer Cat PhD. Benjamin Brown. Caleb Best. Carly W. Carrie Matthews. Chris Leatherman. Christina Jaramillo. Christina Runsfield. Chris Terlizzi. Clemens Luer. Deman Ryan. Dan Snow. Daniel Cabral. Daniel Fuentes. Kicking out the Daniel Block with Daniel Warden. No, I'm finishing up with Danny Heck. That's Debbie Danny Gl- Block. <laughs> Debbie Gloom. Dennis Scott. Derek Mainhart. Doug Sardaway. Dylan L. J. Eduardo Martinez. Emma Quish. Jeffrey Risher. Gerard DeVilliers. Isaac Carter. Jake Fry. James Connolly. James Kurtz. Jaron Townsend. Jason Donahue. Jeffrey Whaley. John Henderson. Jonathan Chong. Jonathan John. McCool. Joshua W. Broxson. Julian Lobato. KC Newhaven. Kelby. Kevin Kleinrock. Kieran Broderick. Cody Thomas. Luana Thomas. Lucas Sink. Matt Tice. Matthew C. Hernandez. Matthew DePama. Michael Tillman. Nelson Kelso Martinez. Nick G. Nick Grayson. Official CBC chef, Brett Macris. Stray Bullies. Anya Soul Art. Oren Dix. Oitis Larson. Pedro A. Wrangel. Provocative Ambulance. Rev Mikey. Robert Pettenope. And for the first time, my mom, Roxanne Tyler. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Sarah Schottmuller. Sarah Schaefer. Scott Carpenter. Scott England. Stanley. Stephanie Ojeda. Tamela Rush. Taylor Bryan. Terrible Jason. The Big Flood. The Twelve Batch. Victor Perez. Will Buchanan. W.M. Leach. Zachary Backman. And Zika's Viral Comics. If you would like to support our Patreon, again, it's patreon.com slash comic book club. Not only do you potentially get a shout out here on the show, but you also get access to our back catalog of thousands of podcasts, many of which are no longer otherwise online from 2011 to 2022 to be updated at the end of the year. And you get access to our Patreon Slack where we have lots of chats throughout the day, mostly about how everybody has COVID and is watching movies right now, but other things happen. It's just a strange (laughs) section of uh, Slack. I'm very curious if my mom's going to jump into the Slack, start waiting. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Uh, No, she she pledged the uh, Patreon because you weren't calling her anymore, right? Yeah, this is as, as close as uh, she was like, say my name, Justin. She's, she does listen. I don't know if she's going to go through the back catalog, but uh, so shouts. Hey, mom, what's up? Uh, wondering where the Zalbin LePage uh, moms are. <laughs> oh. my, mom, my mom does not know this podcast exists. I mean, she knows. I've told her several times. She's like, what are you doing on Tuesday? Why are you busy? I'm like, well, for the past 16 years, it's been the same thing. And she's like, all right. That wow, uh, that's crazy because your mom just emailed my mom uh, proposing they start a comic book club podcast called Momic Book Club. You think? <laughs> oh man, my mom's going to beat your guys' moms up. I I'm worried about that. Yeah, that's going to be the next WTF. I think I'm I'm terrified. We're going to be run out of business by our moms. It was yep. inevitable. Yeah. Uh, here's why we're not going to be run out of business though, because we have great guests. We bring great oh, guests on the show. Good. And we get to talk to them, something our moms will never do. Never. <laughs> never be able to Don't. do this. That's right. They couldn't pull this off. Oh, my God. No. The incisive questions, the preparation that we do. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't do that. 
<laughs> to bring the guests in. Uh, why don't we bring them in? Why don't we bring our first guests in here? They are the co-creators of Werewolf Jones and Sons Deluxe Summer Fun Annual, which is out now from Fantagraphics. Been out per the summer for a while now. But ladies and gentlemen, Simon Hanselman and Josh Pettinger. Hello. Welcome. Yo, welcome. There welcome. Is. There it is. Uh, what the fuck is doing? <laughs> <We're> doing <laughs> Living the best life. It's Excited fun. to talk about this book, which, as mentioned, it came out earlier this summer. But for anybody who's interested in still picking up, there's still some fall vibes. There's some Halloween-y stuff that goes on as well that you can check out in the book. Uh, and this is... Simon, what would you say? Is this a spinoff, a continuation of uh, Meg and Bog and Owl? Is it? How do you characterize it, or does it not matter? Yeah, sleazy opportunistic spinoff. Ooh, <laughs> well best said. Kind. Well My said. My favorite flavor of spinoff. Yes. Yeah, and as you pointed out, it's seasonally. It works for any season. I don't know what that noise was. That that was me fluctuating. Maybe that was me farting. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was, that's an sounds like an old part. air conditioner from the eighties. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. But yeah, Josh, you think of it's a spinoff as well, don't you? Yeah, it's a you know cash in book, summer cash in spinoff yeah. book. <laughs> so uh, this is for people that don't know uh this is a series that you've been running for a very long time now simon josh uh, as far as i understand and correct me if i'm wrong you're relatively new to it like franchise newcomer josh franchise Bay. newcomer <laughs> breaking in uh you're the you're the one that's blowing it wide open uh but this has been around for a while this is something you've been doing for years why why simon why is this something that you keep coming back to why is this something that keeps drawing you back just as a concept I've got no other ideas, honestly. <laughs> no, no, I do. I've got a weird. So I'm writing a screenplay here. This is gonna. This is gonna be huge. This is gonna wow. be on the blacklist. Um, oh, is that on yeah, butcher paper? Are you writing it on <laughs> old computer paper? Yeah. Very thick cardboard. Nice. Yeah, no, I, the characters work for me, and it's it's just. Uh, I think that's my calling card that I've done the same character for like you know ten years, and other people are off doing short stories, and it's like, well, I like that one, but that one's shit. Oh, this one's good again. Mega Mog is just always a certain level of shit. It's just the same shit. You can always expect a similar level of shit. So people can come in every week and hang out with their their friends. You know, it's just like the Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I take a little uh, sidestep and steal a bit of Pete's gig, which is looking in the background? What is the uh, large human woman behind you? What's going on? over there they're from an art show i did at the oh. bellevue arts museum in 2019 oh, nice. it was a big installation show they asked me they said what do you want to do simon you've got all this money you can go to the museum and i said shitty disneyland but with my megan mog characters <laughs> so you know i made big rooms within rooms with you know strobe lights and uh you could walk into the world of megan mog yeah i had people That's weeping awesome. in there this one person drove up from like sacramento and they were they were, they were weeping it was oh it's so beautiful Wow. Wow. That's, what that's did, a wonderful Did you talk tribute. to that person? God, no. I was scared of them. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh, how did you get on board Werewolf Jones and Sons? How did you get hooked up with this? Well, just like uh, me and Simon for a while, we were just like uh, drawing together in the studio. He moved to LA and we started hanging out. So we were just like, we'd draw together once a week. And I guess it just seemed like uh, it'd be fun to be drawing the same thing. <laughs> uh well okay let, let's to get back to the book for a second then you actually i want to take a broader topic simon i'm curious for to hear from you about this and josh maybe you can weigh in as well but like this is i'm going to say this in the stupidest way possible so i'm very sorry but mm. the indie comic scene has changed exponentially not just over the past year not just over the past couple of years but definitely over the past decade it's a very different place than it was previously. How do you think it's changed, Simon? And, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. I don't, do I want to get into trouble? I mean, I put facetiously hashtag alt comics gate at the bottom of the screen there. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I mean, it's just gotten really, like everything is just infested with activists. I'm just going to say it boldly and plainly. It's gotten really political and really stuffy and snooty and kind of less fun. So, I mean, we, we purposely had a bit of a fuck around with this book, and it's pretty offensive. It's pretty fucking horrible. Yeah. We're yeah. trying to pick up the slack on kind of like the old 90s style of mm -hmm. kind of, you know, horrible, offensive work. And 
Yeah, not doing well with the public. I think it's a 3.5 on a Goodreads. <laughs> Josh, you've been checking the Goodreads as well. Yeah, yeah. People are not liking this book. They're very upset about it. <laughs> same, same on Amazon. Yeah, yeah same 3. on Amazon. 3.5 across the board, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's here... funny, though, because people oh, like picking things out of it and saying we've gone too far and it's too offensive, but it's like literally stuff that happened to us growing up. Mm-hmm. So it's, well, that's a... any, any of these reviews, I'm like, well, fuck you. This is my truth. I did that. Yeah. Ooh, well, that's what I was going to say because I feel like it feels personal. And so, what? What? So, what is your response to that? Are you like, like, well, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to go further in. Of course. Uh, yeah, that's what art's about for me. It's like hitting nerves and just you know exploring things and allowing yourself to fuck up sometimes. Potentially, I, I don't know. Just exploring. I don't want a rigid set of things that I can and can't do. Uh, is that yeah. why in, in real life did you barf into a, a like a braided garbage can that then well, went Josh, away that was you, over? did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, my brother did. He like uh, w- once just like I guess he was going to throw up. I think he'd eaten some banana chips or something, and he ran to the he ran past the bathroom to a um, a wire <laughs> garbage can and puked puked into that. Nice. I love that. That felt real to me. I mean, to your yeah, point, yeah. not to take a little bit of a step back, but to your point about <clears throat> the change of the comic scene, this reminded me a lot of reading Raw back in the day and things like that. But to what you're saying, how how much, how provocative can you be? Like, this is definitely a lot. Like, reading this, I could say this is a lot to read. There's a lot of very extreme barfing going on here extreme sex stuff happening here for anybody who's like oh werewolf tons and sons i should give this to my kids maybe not probably not but what what do you need to do in terms of being provocative given that there are not just everything that people accept or not in the world but the whole history of alt comics at this point have already pushed the envelope pretty far yeah but it's pretty easy to push the envelope these days you don't have to go too far to you know get pushback from you know we're not we're not like edge lords josh are we i don't think we're no, you know no. really trying to offend people like i said before it's all rooted in things that have happened to us or that we've witnessed and yeah there's yeah. some there's some gentle prodding in here but um yeah it's you know for everyone it's already what you that's all you need to do you know at the moment really is some gentle prodding We've we've joked throughout the campaign for this book that we we really wanted to get cancelled by both the right and the left at the same time. There, there was yeah. enough enough catnip in here that you know I, I wanted a big shitstorm to happen. I, I wanted the Streisand effect. I, I wanted the you know, <laughs> Art Spiegelman. You know, they tried to cancel Mao's or you know whatever, and yeah. he was on CNN the next day eating mango and vaping. Like I wanted yeah. Josh and I to be able to vape on CNN and. Yeah, I don't know. Controversy sells these days. You know, people are just like, oh, that book sounds horrible. Better check that out. But yeah, it's, it's backfired on us. It's backfired. A double yeah, cancellation yeah. is considered an elevation, I believe. It's just like it a would, straight shot to Nirvana. It would have been incredible, but uh, it's backfired and it's just uh, a poorly received book that's getting back yeah. and it'll probably get returned from bookstores. Well, one of the things that I actually really liked about it, well, not liked about it, but the relationship between <laughs> Werewolf Jones. <laughs> well, that, here, I'll explain what I mean. One of the things that ah. I hated about your terrible book. No, the uh, Werewolf Jones <laughs> and so, his sons, the relationship, comedically, it is so fraught in exactly the right way. It builds to this crescendo towards the end of the book, where, like we're talking about, in the middle of a lot of stuff that maybe does feel very over the top. You do have this very grounded relationship that's both emotional and comedic with his sons being like, please just be a father to us and him pushing away from it the entire time. So when you're structuring a book like that, how do you make sure that you're always coming back to that emotional core? Oh, structuring, that's a big fancy word. Josh, do you structure your work? I, I think we should do it. No, I don't think about stuff like that. Just but I mean, it's just kind wall. of... Yeah, I mean, just from the fact that they're like some the stories are like coming from a real place. I mean, I'm usually like when when I was writing my parts, it's um, I'm usually putting myself in the kids' position more than Werewolf Jones. So I guess you know, there's some uh, like there's going to be pathos with that with, with anything that's like real at all, you know. 
I, 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 I honestly barely think about this stuff when I do it. I really <laughs> talk about structure. Like it just all gets thrown together. Like, ah, oh, I think that'll do. <laughs> so, you know. Well, on the opposite side, you said you're a, a parent now, Simon, right? Yeah. Do you have to go back and refresh what it feels like to take a very intense bong hit every now and again just to <laughs> uh, reload the mechanism? Yeah, you know, you got to keep refreshing your memory on that stuff, yeah. But uh, you, you bring that up, um, you know, I'm a dad now. Like, I, I find this funny, like this bad dad comedy. And, and not just comedy. Like, you said it's Josh used to work pathos. It's a fucking sad <laughs> book. But a lot of the bad reviews are like, oh, it's just not funny. I can't believe they think this is funny. Like, it's not supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be fucking devastating. It's funny sometimes, right. like life, but also fucking devastating on the other side of the coin. Like, you know, this book's about it's about life. But, but yeah, but being a dad, um, I don't know. I, I was worried that I, you know, like go like Eric Clapton and do like a sad song about your kid or something. You know, there's always like the dad album. People, oh, more sentimental. I'm a dad now. I'm going to do a song called Butterfly Kisses. So, you know, this this is not Butterfly Kisses. This is like fucking <laughs> hardcore bad dad shit. But you know, a cathartic autobio for Josh and I. We've both got weird families, and yeah, I hope your mum's not listening to this, Josh. I know Josh's mum listens to our podcast, Manga Chat. Yeah, yeah. Always makes me feel uh, she'll be she'll be fine. Got <laughs> my mum listening to this sort of bawdy nerd talk. Yeah, so many moms listening to podcasts except for mine, but because we don't call them. Yeah, (laughs) heartbreaking. Josh, you mentioned that you were a little more focused on writing the sun stuff. How how did you guys split it up? How did you split up the duties on this book? Um, well, it's just like so. We drew them as zines originally. It's like thirty six page zines, so it's really just uh, like half each. You know, trying to trying to have half of each scene each, and um. There it is. So we did three of those zines, and then we, uh, yeah, like I would go in like write some stories. Sometimes Simon would have like a vague outline, and I'd just kind of like uh, finish it or add the last two thirds. Simon's stuff I didn't really touch; just kind of just all him, you know. Well, Jones thing is his after all, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of like in the room writing together as so, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was just fun doing the zines for the mm-hmm. zine fest. Like, you know, what's the easiest thing we can do? Ah, Werewolf Jones, bad dad comedy, easy peasy. Um, <laughs> yeah, we just had fun riffing out the stories and, you know, I'd throw yeah. Josh like a concept. What do you think about this traumatic thing that happened to me? Do you think you can riff it out, add some of your own trauma? And, <laughs> I can't Josh deal with this. Could you help me deal with this trauma? Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. this is bringing up a lot of bad memories from having a panic attack. Um, <laughs> Make Josh, this funny. You... I'm losing my yeah. mind over here. <laughs> yeah, basically. But yeah. now it's funny you, you mentioned uh, releasing the zines, and Alex asked sort of the opposite question of this. But like, what about the indie scene still is the same now? Like that you can really f- still go back into and be like, this still feels like it did back in the day. Simon's there. <laughs> cool. Like, Nathan Cowdery and like all of our friends. Like I don't know, we, we love comics too. I mean, I love ragging on it and like, ah, oh, fuck it out. Of course. But you know, it's always been like that. There's always like, you know, you've got your personal tastes. There's always shit over there, gold over there, everything in between, and that's great. I love that mm-hmm. there's everything, you know. But yeah, no, just camaraderie and friends. You know, there's still lots of cool people making fucked up shit and <laughs> having fun and you know, spoofs and goofs and yeah. Yeah, glad I met Josh. You know, I met him through Bubbles magazine, a fantastic zine about comics. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bubbles. Cool. I, I think it's the best comics publication on the market. Uh, it's criminal that it's not one in Eisner the last few years. Um, yeah, I was in absolutely. upstate New York in like a sort of snobby bookstore, and they had a couple couple copies of Bubbles in the back. I was like, Good. Oh, what's up? Have you have you read I it? Any it. of you? Yeah, yeah. I I it's read, just, read yeah. in the store. It's just fun. It's just, I don't know, it's like a really comprehensive thing in the back capsule reviews, like 50 books that have come out recently. So it's a great spectrum of everything happening. And it's just really positive and fun. So it really is. Brian Baines cool. who does it. I, I fucking, I, can't, I cannot stop singing his praises. It's just Bubbles is so vital to the contemporary North American alternative comic scene and, and the global scene, really. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Brian, I love you, buddy. Um, Simon, you recently got to do uh, animation as well, right? Like you got to <laughs> translate. I mean, I, maybe not recently. I think that was like last year or the year before. Yeah, but, a year ago. Uh, what was that like seeing the characters moving and talking not with your vi- voice, with like actual voices outside <laughs> of your head? It weird. It didn't quite work. Mm. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, poorly received. Some some dickhead was harassing me on Twitter the other day. I said, oh, you <laughs> fuck off. But saying how poorly received it was and pointing out that I had full con- creative control. That in the past I admonished like producers and said they fuck it up. But then when I completely had my own control, I fucked it up. It's like, all right, <laughs> fuck you, you cunt. But he's right in a way. Like it, it, it was weird. It didn't quite work. But it was just really fun. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Justin Roiland was great to work with, the whole fucking team. I got to direct all these comedy heroes of mine. It was it was great. I snuck Josh's Tedward character into the background of one of the scenes and then realized, like, oh, shit, I think Disney owns Josh's character now. But then – or maybe <laughs> yeah. I do. Maybe I technically own it because I think they own the short. <laughs> I th- but I, I think own you characters. own Josh is the way that that yeah. works. Legally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, th- I think Josh Hollywood. I've taken ownership of you now. Um yeah, yeah, it, it was weird. Jo- Josh was with me the whole time. Do you remember that period, Josh, when I was sweating over the fucking cartoon? <laughs> yeah, just I remember like the background paintings. It was just like laboring over background paintings. Yeah, I insisted on doing my own background paintings. Um, it's wow. about 150 hours of work. I was paid $8,000 before paying out lawyer's fees and stuff, so not a lot of money, mm-hmm. um, but for, for a lot of work. But I, I stupidly did more work than I should have. Um, and someone else yeah. probably could have done a better job on the backgrounds. But... Would you do anyway, that again? You do another animated show? Do you like, I, I'm going to commit to doing that again? No, but then I'm probably, you know, yeah, I'm always talking to people. I'm always like, you know, behind the scenes, like, you know, but, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be a scab, so I can't really talk about it right now. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but, you know, I'm always talking to dickheads and stuff. And I've been talking to someone recently and it's, it's, it was fun to do. Um, I don't know about the results. It was a bit weird, but. But I got to drag Macaulay Culkin in to read, like, shit eight lines for Mog the Cat. I'd written nothing yeah. good for him, dragged him in. You know, and that was just funny to me. Was, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's fun. There you go. Uh, and yeah. for both of you guys, now that Werewolf Jones' summer special is well in the rearview mirror, are you gearing up for a Werewolf Jones holiday special later on this year or a Valentine's <laughs> special or something? Halloween. Halloween. We're both working on our own. Simon's like doing his, uh, he has, he has an ongoing series right now. I have my own books. We're just kind of like, you know, plowing away on the, on our own stuff. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd say Josh, you'd agree with me that the general reading public has probably had enough fucking werewolf Jones. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife hates him. She sat me down last week and my agent both in the same week. Like, Wow. You have to stop doing Werewolf Jones stuff. Like people don't like it. You, you wow. have to get back on track. Does that, do like, you, you, be honest? Does that make you want to do it more though? Like probably <laughs> it kind a little of does. More, right? yeah, I was going to say. I bet it does. <laughs> that was part of this book, but uh, yeah, no, no, I, I kid, I kid. Um, but yeah, no, I'm working on my Megan Mog Zombies thing. I, I, this just came out yesterday officially. The Megan Mog art book. This is uh, called Hypnotic Midday Movie from a French publisher, and it's you know a big thick art book full of all my paintings and. Lots of long captions of me ranting about said paintings. That's fun. Wow, and I've got cool. some uh, air fresheners or stink danglers out right now from the Secret Headquarters comic <laughs> shop. In LA. Awesome. Yes. You call them air fresheners. I call them stink danglers. More accurate. <laughs> I hate those things. Yeah, they're horrible. They're horrible. But you know, they've almost sold out, actually. So hurry. At least you're being honest. <laughs> At least you're being honest about what happened. Yes. Uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Congratulations on the book. Uh, and uh, thank you for talking about it. I appreciate it. I'm yeah, thanks for having it. us on. And, uh, thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah. Yeah, I like the vibe of the show. Oh, thank you. Please come thank back. Thank you. It's, it's all we're being very Fun. pleasant for our moms because we don't know. Yeah. Except for <laughs> This is the first one. we got to be on best behavior. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Thanks, Simon. <laughs> thanks, Josh. Have a good Love day. you. Bye. Later. All right. There we go. Once again, the book is called Werewolf Jones and Sons Deluxe Summer Fun Annual. It's available now from Fantagraphics. You can go pick it up there. And why don't we bring in our next guest? They're the creator behind Yaki Delgado Wants to Kick Your Ass, the graphic novel, which is out today, I believe, from Candlewick. Ladies and gentlemen, Mel Valentine Vargas. Hello, Mel. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. Oh my gosh. So is today your book birthday? Is that? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Happy book birthday. Congratulations. What's, uh, I always like to ask this on a book birthday. What's your day been like? Have you been sneaking out to stores and seeing if it's in there yet? Or (laughs) Literally no. (laughs) Um, I've uh, just been home. I mean, I usually like get up pretty late anyways, and I've been playing. I don't know if you guys know the video game Ooblets. 
It's very no. cute. It's like Pokemon mixed with Animal Crossing. Ooh. And oh, I've wow. just been chilling. I think this weekend I'll probably hit some bookstores. and um, Like a Pokemon where you don't have to catch them all. You can just catch whatever. You, you kind of do though, but it's cute <laughs> for like dance battle instead of like fighting. It's really Ooh. silly. It's very cute. I love that. That's um, right. It's kids, so I don't know. It's cute. Awesome. Uh, well, let's talk about the book. So this is an adaptation of a book that came out in 2014, I believe, uh, written by Meg Medina. And this is not exactly, obviously, for the 10th anniversary, but about a decade later, you're getting to revisit it and revisit the story as a graphic novel. Um, what drew you to that originally? Was it something that you pitched, like, I want to do a graphic novel of this? Was it something you were brought on board? How did this end up coming together? Um, weirdly enough, it was for the 10-year anniversary, oh, okay. actually. And they were the ones searching for somebody who did comics to just turn this entire book into a graphic mm -hmm. novel, uh, basically to just, like, revamp it, you know, like, get the story back out there. Because um, the first book was uh, really successful, uh so uh they contacted me through my agent and i actually did not know that this book existed mm. when they contacted me which is a shame because oh, wow. i would have loved this book as a teenager right. um and it's which is also crazy because like the book is like you know won awards and is like very popular in like the ya like chapter book genre sure. yeah. um but yeah so they reached out to me um and candlewick sent me like a copy of the chapter book and i read it and i was very much taken by the story and that's how i became part of this project did the fact that you had sort of fresh eyes on it change the process did did you find that the people you were working with were like oh interesting i that's not what most people say about it or whether was there any sort of that sort of newness that that surprised you um yeah i guess i don't know i think I, I would be lying if I said that reading the book as an adult, you know, didn't change my opinion of the book. I'm sure like right, teenagers who read this book have a different connection to it than, you know, I mean, I read it when I, I mean, I did this a couple of years ago. So I was reading it when I was like 24, 23, somewhere around there. Um, and they kind of knew that I wanted to be the artist. Usually graphic novelists, I'm sure you guys know this, but like we test for books. So like they'll give us the idea or we'll pitch the idea or something. And then like, you'll have to draw the first couple of characters or like a couple of pages. And then they'll be like, yes, like we love how you're doing this. We want to hire you for the job. But they came to me wanting to hire me for this book. Um, the author is Cuban, I'm Cuban. And so I think there was that connection there with wanting to make sure that uh, it holds up the integrity of like the culture of these characters. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I don't know, reading the book, I saw myself a lot in the main character and also in general, just like the teen experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And for those who don't know the book, correct me if I get any of the details wrong, but basically it starts off with the title kind of like you have this kid who's a pretty good kid going through high school, finds out Yaki Delgado wants to kick her ass. She doesn't exactly know why, has to sort of go back and figure it out. And it leads her down this spiral of, and this is the thing that I thought was so interesting about the book. On the surface, and I say this as a parent myself, you look at it and you're like, well, she's becoming a bad kid. But that's not what's happening at all. It's just like she's figuring out herself and she's figuring out her limits and her boundaries and how she can push herself and her life in different ways until by the end, spoilers for anybody who's never read a YA book, but she starts to figure herself out, <laughs> and figure out uh, her identity and her wants and needs and how to advocate for them. I really, really like that path a lot. I thought it was very interesting to follow. Um, yeah. Uh, the, it's, it's funny you mentioned the title and stuff because it's like, yeah, you hear this. Like when they first presented it to me, I was like, this cannot be the real title. Um, and I've asked the <laughs> author too. I've been like, was that hard to get approved? Um, and she said that it wasn't even her, the original author is Meg Medina. Um, and she said that it wasn't even her who actually came up with the title. She had been like thinking about it for a while, but it was actually somebody who was part of the publishing team who came, who was like, I have oh, wow. the perfect title. Um, wow. Yeah, and it's great. And she says that like so many more wonderful things have happened because of the title of this book than negative things. Um, nice. So 
the title is definitely like eye catching. Uh, Mm -hmm. I do love to say though, that my mom uh, doesn't like saying the title of the book. So when she says that I've done this book, she'll be like, Yaki Delgado wants to kick your butt. (laughs) <laughs> and she's uh, like well once they search it you know like they'll the actual title will come up and i was like i mean yeah you're right you know <laughs> um i have a question about the art um the uh what, what went into this very specific the color choice of blue is sort of the the background because it adds such a different flavor to it and sort of this languid vibe to it and I, i'm curious what what landed you there um they told me that they actually wanted to do this Mm. this way. Um, They were like, we want to do a limited color palette. uh, And they at first wanted me to do different shades of blue and just, you know, like black ink and then the white of the page. Uh, But I really, really love the book, uh, Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me, which is also another graphic novel. (laughs) And they do one shade of pink and then like different shades of black. Uh, mm. And I was just so inspired by that book and how little color they use while still making the book super dynamic and super beautiful to look at. And so I pitched doing it the other way around where I use one blue and then like the different shades of black. Um, and yeah, I really liked how it turned out. I thought it really, yeah called attention to like the line art, which I'm actually not the colors for the book. The colors was, is my friend, Mary Lee Fenner, who I went to college with. And like, I was like, you got to do the color Uh for this book because I actually hate coloring. So (laughs) I almost didn't do it. Uh, But yeah. Well, one of the things to continue on the art that I really liked about the layouts is how spare it is most of the time. You know, I, I think there's this temptation when you're adapting a novel into the graphic novel format, particularly something like the YA genre to like put all the narration in there and have it packed with text and have a lot of thoughts from the characters. But there are whole sequences that are relatively silent as you're following the character going along through her day or things that are happening to her. Um, how, how important was that to you and how much was how much did you have to cut out of the book and cut out of your script for the book when you were tackling this? Um, it was it was really daunting at first. Uh, I've never done a graphic novel. This is the second graphic novel that I've illustrated. Um, the first one that I've illustrated isn't going to come out until next year, but it's the first one that I've done in this way where this book already exists mm-hmm. and people like it. So it's it's a little daunting to receive this and know that you have to transform it and it already has a fan base, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, things have to stay the same in important ways because you want it to be received well by people who are already familiar with this, but at the same time, modernizing it so that people who are picking this book up for the first time feel that connection to it. Wow, that sounds Um, tough. (laughs) It was a little, um, it was, I always say it was like hard in the ways that I didn't think it was gonna be hard and easy in the ways that I thought were gonna be difficult. Mm. Um, the book did, the original book did come out 10 years ago. And I remember like something that like, I did have to change that I remember thinking about for a while was that the first book, it's all landlines. Mm. Pity does oh. have like a, 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 like a mobile phone, but it's not a smartphone if I remember correctly. Um, and so I had to like make this decision. I was like, should there be a landline in the house? Because there's a point spoiler, but there's a point where the school calls you know how like when you're absent from school or something, oh, the school yeah. will call your mom and be like, yeah. you know, where's your kid? They weren't, you know, they're absent or whatever. And she skips school um, and they're going to call. And I was like, well, nowadays they just call your mom directly on your cell phone, on her cell phone. So <laughs> yeah. there's no way for her in the original book, Pity, uh, Pity's friend deletes the message from the home phone and I had to keep the landline there and I was like that's fine whatever but there was like a big debate in my head about you know that and that's just one example of the ways that you know I have to modernize it with like the texting now is different mm-hmm. and like pictures and video and all that stuff um so yeah but I mean my first copy is very well loved the one they sent me in which <laughs> I highlighted and color-coded like sticky note flags and everything of stuff that I'm paying attention to to make sure that they stay the same the way that I'm drawing them but you would be surprised how much you're able to cut out when you're 
you know, converting something into picture because so much of the words that are used to describe the scene, it's like, I can show this in like four or five panels rather than having this, you know, paragraph after paragraph of describing these things, which is very important, but you know, for a graphic novel, you know, it's so different. Yeah. You had mentioned that this book has a very fervent fan base. I know it's early, not even days, but right. day so far. <laughs> but just in terms of announcing that there's going to be a graphic novel, have you seen any reaction? Have you felt any reaction from the fans to the book so far? Yeah, um, I've done two book signings so far for mm. this. And oh, wow. uh, they both have been with Meg, which I love Meg so much. She's incredible. And people come oh, up. Awesome. And they're like so excited to meet her because she's been writing for years, you know? Um, and she, they, they're so excited for this version of the book. They're like, I loved the first version. I love the art for this. I'm so excited to read this. I'm so excited to get my kids to read it. Um, we've gotten teachers who have been like, this is like what my kids are gonna read this summer. We've gotten librarians who like, uh, one librarian even mentioned that her most stolen book was the original version. <laughs> oh, what an honor. <laughs> which what I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Um, this other teacher mentioned that uh, when she was teaching this book in her class, you know how they'll assign all the same book and they'll read it together as a class. She was like, this was the one and only book that the kids didn't want to just like go to the bathroom and like oh, leave wow. class yeah. or something like they were very, you know, because it has some things that are, you know, interesting because of their tabooness or because, you know, it's like drama or something. So people really like it. And so far I've gotten a pretty good reception about it, which is nice. So. Great. Right. That's awesome. What is it like? Well, so you, you had also mentioned that you did your first book that's coming out later. What do you think you learned craft wise from your first book to your second book, even though we haven't seen the first book yet? <laughs> um, trick. That's a tricky question. I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> um, time travel, real quick. Just do do yeah. a little bit of time travel. Yeah. Uh, I guess logistically, that comics take way longer than anybody actually thinks that they take. Um, I remember telling the people that I first worked with um, that oh the the sketches are what's really gonna take me a lot of time, and the line work I'm just gonna like zoom through it. And that was the complete opposite of what happened. And so I knew that a little bit for this book. So you, you, you start to learn like, okay, what do I know that I do best? And like, I know that I'm going to finish this very quickly and I'm going to be able to move on to this thing. How do I make sure that I draw this character again and again while not wanting to, you know, like kill myself because it's just like so <laughs> monotonous. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love what I do. And like, if you, I'm sure anybody who works in comics would tell you this. It's like, if you did not love doing comics, you would not be working in this industry because it is so taxing. Mm. Um, but you just learn how to work better, if that makes sense. You know, you just like, I'm, I'm such a homebody already, but it really is something that you are glued to whatever it is that you're drawing on for hours. And you just learn how to be better with skill. <laughs> that's, that's how that works, I think. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's... <laughs> so you're, that's really do you funny. know yet when your second first book is coming out? Is that? Um, I don't think we have an official date yet, but I okay. can say it's called Pillow Talk. Okay. Um, and it is about yeah. the Pillow Fighting League in Canada, which is a real thing. Ooh, wow. Yes. Um, which is a whole bunch of really badass women who, uh, pillow fight with like helmets and like knee pads and elbow pads on and stuff. It's very brutal and awesome. Um, and it's about that. And it's a YA to like young adult book. It's written by Steph Cook, Stephanie Cook. Mm, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd be coming out sometime in April, I believe, but I don't know. Okay. And oh, yeah. are, do you, not to talk about this, when we, you already have a book coming out and yeah. you just had a book come out today. Is there anything else you're working on down the road at this point? Um, I, I can't mention anything specific, but I am working on a really cool thing with, um, Random House right now. Oh, nice. Um, and a couple days ago I did pitch my first book that I am going to be writing like 
myself from scratch. Um, awesome. And I can't mention that either, but that's really exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, that's great. Mel, awesome. congratulations. Please go enjoy the rest of your book birthday. Congratulations <laughs> on the book. It's great. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, All take right. care. Have a good night. Bye. All right. Once again, the book is called Yaki Delgado Wants to Kick Your Ass, colon, the graphic novel. It's out today from Candlewick. So definitely go pick it up because it is yeah. awesome. It's so good. <laughs> And we are going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It's your audience questions. <laughs> and for audience questions, all you got to do is get out of here, Justin. But also, you can drop a question in the comments on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch. Uh, but before we do that, Pete, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I am drinking a uh, little Pony Boy. Beer. Ooh, uh, what yeah, is that? It's a, it's a it's lovely a light beer. It's a lovely uh, golden light lager. Oh my! Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's delicious. Right. Excellent. It's, it's well, one of uh, as everybody knows, Stray Bullet, Brett Macris, CBC chef. He coordinates a, or curates a drink every week. This week, the drink is a Paloma, which is the cousin of a margarita. Uh, we suggested margaritas in honor of Jimmy Buffett this week. I don't know if that's stealing your thunder for later, Pete. Um, I did not make a Paloma because I did not have the stuff around, uh, but I did make myself a spicy margarita in honor of the king of Margaritaville. So there oh, you go. wow. Yeah. That's very touching. Also, I just kind of wanted a margarita. So there you go. Justin, who is back now, what are you drinking? No, I'm drinking he's... Miller High Life. Oh, champagne and beer is good uh, for yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, cool. There we go. We got a couple of questions already. This is from Lion Man. I know you guys love Sweet Tooth, so I was wondering what you thought of Christian Convery's performance in the movie Cocaine Bear. Do any of you guys see Cocaine Bear? Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear. He uh, he played he, the Cocaine Bear. He was the Oh, he was the bear. Yeah. Yeah, he played the um, and uh, the, he auditioned to be the Cocaine itself, and it's a shame mm -hmm. he didn't book the yeah. part. That's this is we interviewed the showrunner of Sweet Tooth twice, and he kept saying they kept trying to snort him on set. Yeah, it didn't work. Very snortable actor. Um, I actually didn't see Cocaine Bear. I'm heartbroken to say. Yes, yeah, I it's also on my list. Um, yeah. You haven't seen it either, Alex. Nope. Didn't, wow. didn't really have interest. Got to be honest. We don't uh, like cocaine or bears. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which one do you hate? Can I, can I be, is this a safe space to be honest about several things? Uh, one thing. Finally. Finally. I'll stop lying for a change. One thing. I didn't love the fact that it's based on the story about a bear who died because of human mistreatment. Like, it's, it's a true well, story. It was like man made him do the cocaine. It was like. Yeah, he, he did the drugs, man. Yeah, it the was all on him. And then the bear didn't go crazy and kill people. He just died from ingesting cocaine that was dropped right. on him. And then they stuffed him and put him in a store and sell merchandise around him. Kind of gross. Um, I also, uh, even worse than that, I think, is I don't really like Elizabeth Banks as a filmmaker. What? <laughs> what kind of shots fired is that? I don't know. Just... It's funny because trivia, we're um, honoring Cocaine Bear. The original <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying Elizabeth Banks. Who I just RIP'd with my harsh Man. criticism. Well, there you go. This is from Derek Maynard. The Banks, dude. She has eh. a. She's been in some bummer bangers, man. Sure, that's funny. But banks. as a director, I think like there's something lacking in her direction. Derek, oh. May that's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm fine wow. with her as a performer. Derek Maynard says, "Was it planned for two profane and hilarious British indie cartoonists to coincide with JT's mom's first week, or is it just happy coincidence?" Just like okay, I wouldn't call it a happy, happy coincidence. coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we do have a follow up here. Follow up for JT. Could you tell us your favorite drug related story? Yeah, I love it. JT, I've opened my mouth too much to say that my mom listens, and now I'm going to be constantly trolled. <laughs> yeah. um, I, my mom knows my drug related stories. Uh, oh wow! But, yeah. uh, but I, I'm trying to think. There's not really any like crazy revelation ones i guess hmm. and i, I was never at burning man drugs, I so see. i guess it's up to me oh yeah. yeah i am at burning man yeah. that's where Alex, i'm doing you this from. I, 
I haven't been uh, able to get out. I don't know. I don't really have a lot of drug stories. One time I ate a regular brownie, not realizing it was a pot brownie, and that was. Oh, an interesting that night. sounds like something you would do. Nice. That's like, very oh, brownie. Alex thank move. you so much. And I ate all of it, and they're like, you know, that was a pot brownie, right? And I was like, I did not. Well, <laughs> edibles are your weakness, dude, because you Fuck love like, fucked up. You love fucked up candy, and that's what. That's what it is. How was the four hours after you ate that brownie? I distinctly remember I was standing in a bar chatting with a coworker friend type person and they had like a thing of ice at the bar and I just kept reaching over the bar and they were like nom, 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 nom. eating ice straight out of the bar man oh wow you're like okay. a, a someone giving birth yep I love ice, I love, chips, when love ice chips and lime jello this is from Kevin what are your favorite titles in comics or elsewhere even if the book or whatever itself wasn't I think this is riffing off of Yaki Delgado wants to kick your ask mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, favorite titles um superman and batman versus werewolves and vampires or whatever that was <laughs> oh, yeah. i was like wow uh right over the plate on the title yeah there was a what was that one it was like samurai robots and cowboys that was a fun one too cowboys and aliens is that what you know nope. no uh it was uh robot ninja cowboy I believe. this is definitely it's... top of mind since it just came out but Gnorts Illustrated Swimsuit Special. Oh, boo. <laughs> it's so you good. love a pun. It's you so love. good. So good. Murder uh, Falcon. Pete, Pete is... thrown off Murder Falcon. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. I love, uh, this is this is sort of an niche, but like Superman. Because what I like about it is it sort of gives you the whole story, you know? Yeah. Wow. So what what is it? It's like somebody choosing whether they want soup or a man. And it's like a romantic yeah. comedy. Soup or thing. man. Super no, he's a super of a building. Oh, okay. And Super it's man. about sort of oh, how right. he oh, uh, cool. solves their problems. Plumbing-based disasters. Yeah. This is from Nelson Kelso. Have you guys checked out the live-action One Piece? I'm really liking it and curious if you guys have checked it out yet. I have checked this one out. Have you yeah. guys checked this out? Uh, a- I have not, but I have heard a lot of good things about it. And Pete, this feels like something right over the plate yeah. for you. Yeah, it's definitely on my list. I finally checked out the Adventures of uh, Superman, the uh, one people have been it's telling us. That's not yeah. the question. That's not the question. So I'm a little behind, but I'll, I'll, this One Piece is next. Oh, so One Piece is next, so it's above Cocaine Bear, just on your list. of. Yeah, One there. Piece is ahead we, of Cocaine Bear. That's can we get a sure. live list of the Pete's Pete's? Yeah, read your list. I want to hear your list. Because here's the fucked up thing about Pete's list, is it goes... One Piece, Ted Lasso, yeah. Ted Lasso, and then it goes into My Adventures of Superman, Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. It's that would be a, a admissible in court as a reason for Pete's insanity. <laughs> I have no experience with One Piece. I haven't read the manga. I haven't checked out the anime, so I had no idea. But I've watched only the first episode so far, and I, I know enough about it that you got this main character, Monkey D. Luffy, who. Stretchy seems very annoying, and that's exactly what he is here in live action. Like, he's very annoying, and everybody is annoyed at him, but he's like, I'm very cheery and happy, and I'm going to win you over, and that's exactly what happens in the first episode. I spent three quarters of the running time being like, oh my god, this is so annoying, and by the end, it sounds like, like Ted yeah, this is all right. I'm, I'm into wow. this. Pete, get to it. Wait, what'd you say? Sounds like an Elizabeth Definitely. Banks movie, is that what you said? Oh, come on, dude, stop with the... Leave. If there's one thing I can bank on, it's that her movies suck. Stop. (laughs) Stop that. It's fucked up because she listens. She listens. She listens? Yeah. She your mom? She's my mom. I'm uh, Justin Banks. Justin Tyler Banks. Mm. Justin Tyler Banks. I like it. Wow. Okay. This is from. Can you change your last name? Talk about, uh, dude. (laughs) Talk about Ahsoka and maybe start a Star Wars podcast. Ooh. Uh, Uh, I'm having a great time with Ahsoka. I'm all caught up. uh, Just having a blast. Uh, I really uh, uh, love what's going on and uh, how it's all going down. And uh, yeah, yeah, some really great uh, lightsaber battles. I'm into it. Yeah. You've been in the tank for every Star Wars TV show, so that's not a huge surprise, right? Yep. Yeah, I guess I'm a consistent. Have you checked it out yet? I have, and um, I like it better than what's come before. Uh, I feel like uh, Andor, obviously, top top shelf. I like the first season of Mandalorian, then this is sort of maybe next in the line. 
Ooh, all right. Well, I'm glad you guys are having a nice time. Because Alex doesn't like it. Let's just be clear. All yeah. I'm saying is it's you can't clear. spell Ahsoka without suck. Hey, uh, Alex, you're dude, officially on you, one tonight. You're yeah, like, the what ornery benchmark? Pablo says, "What's your favorite comic you wished came out as a movie?" Uh, nice. I would love to see the Superman one you were talking about would be very cool. Oh yeah, but I want to see like an uh, over the years, like a like a legacies or something like that. With that, you know, so you can really get a mm-hmm. handle on the, his job as the super of the building. I'd love well, to see if he returns. That would be cool. Oh, yeah. I would love to see Murder Falcon, obviously, um, but also Concrete would be great. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a lot of really cool uh, comics that I hope will get other uh, lives. Yeah. The Pete Classic answers. Um, I would throw yeah. out. Uh, I mean, to give my classic answers, I think uh, Starman would be really good. But one that I was reminded of earlier today um, is a comic called Firearm, which is James Robinson's book back at the, when the Ultraverse launched, about sort of a hitman who encounters weir- weird things in the world. And man, that was good. And it has sort of that middle ground of like superhero action, but also just like good movie interesting dialogue that, and that kind of a thing so i'm gonna give the deep cut of fire right. oh here's a uh next question that i just found i think this one just popped up this is from michael tillman are you all going to be at baltimore comic-con this weekend first time together in how long i feel like you haven't recovered from the fantasy cruise yet <laughs> i will be sharing a bed with pete at baltimore comic-con oh wow yes that's uh, yeah, uh, we. I think we're still figuring out exact schedules, but we are yeah. all going to be there at various times, and I think at least one of those times we will cross. We over. will all touch hands at one point. <laughs> yes, but that's it. Hands. That's we're going to touch. That's right. Yeah. Hands, guys. Yes, uh, but yeah, we're here. for anybody who doesn't know, we're going to be at Artist Alley booth A twenty three. We're going to have some giveaways. We're going to be giving away some stickers and buttons and things like that. We're going to be selling some stuff as well. We've got, I don't know if you guys know this, but we've got a convention-exclusive ash can that we're going to be selling. Ooh. Yes, I yeah. love ash cans. Yeah. That's for uh, ashing, our, when ashing our cigarettes. Yeah, it's when like you're... an ashtray, but it's like an old tin oh, can I that doesn't was... have beads in it. I thought it was like an <laughs> afghan, but it's an ash can. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, an afghan. You, you just wear. It uh, like a no, no, no. This is this was suggested by our Patreon Slack, and I, I talked to our yeah. good friend Straight Bullet about it, and we made a little book of comic book cocktail recipes. Hey, that's that all. sounds awesome. So there you go. Love it. Um, so we're gonna have that and a bunch of other stuff. We're also gonna be taping a bunch of podcasts. We got a bunch of guests already lined up. I don't want to officially announce them since it was a very casual thing, uh, but some of your favorite writers and artists. So we'll have a bunch more podcasts rolling out either Ooh, concurrently or after that or something like that. We're going to have a great time. There Can't you go. Uh, Stanley, just to follow up, do you have any fun specific plans for Baltimore? I'm Pete, is there is there a good crab cake place? In Baltimore? Yeah, there's a ton of them. Um, yeah, we'll have to go on an adventure. Ooh. All right. Yeah, Pete's going to show us his Baltimore. Oh, oh boy. Uh, there we go. Uh, let's see. There is nothing else here. So that's it for your audience questions. Woo-hoo-hoo! We are Woo-hoo! going to move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. Oh, you sure that's a good idea? Nope. All Seems right. risky. Well, this is the part we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win $25 free in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics or Long John Silver for some reason. Uh, yeah, you just need a first hand up or a, hey, I'd like to volunteer or hey, let's volunteer, uh, make Kevin do it or something like that, you know. And um, Oh, Pablo said hands up already. Oh, hey, all right, hey, Pablo. There hey. we go. All right, hey, Pablo's got it. Hey, Pablo. Pablo's hey. got it. All right. You ready, Pete? You ready to take it away? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Let's... let's make Kevin do it. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm all about making Kevin do stuff because maybe he'll show us a puppet or two. But... Yeah, yeah. But all right, Pablo but... already said hands up. So. All right. Well, great. Well, let's go with Pablo then. All right. Here we go. Today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Arlene Sorkin, R.I.P. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. In December, 
What team is Marvel bringing back with the brand new number one? Is it A, Thunderbolts, B, not to be a Donner, but why bring back a villain team, or C, Jane Downer? Mm. Great question. Thunderbolts yeah. isn't always a villain team, though. Well, not uh, always, but typically you would... I mean, uh, there's some sort of twist, usually. You know, like they're yeah, heroes some... who are villains or villains who are heroes. Yeah, Bolts there's... that are thunder or thunder... He says, hey, he got it yeah, right. Yeah, all think. right. Hey, he got it right. Oh, man, it was fun to hear you kind of just go off there for a little bit. Here we go. Uh, question number two. Daniel Warren Johnson is bringing back whom... For a new comic, is it A, Transformers, B, GoBots, or C, Abe Vigoda? Mm. Yeah. One of my favorite things growing up, were you were you like a Abe Vigobots guy? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. think Abe Vigoda was the Abe Vigoat uh, of acting. <laughs> Uh, that's an A from Pablo. All right. right once again. All right, is that his go. trivia answer? Or was he saying that as an A joke? A. A as an Abe Vigoda. All right, yeah. here we go. Last one. Green Lantern War Journal is about blank. Is it A, John Stewart, B, Hell Jordan, or C, Hart Bachner? Hart. Mm. Mm. Hart mm. mm. Bachner. Is that a real person? Yeah, you're damn that's right it is. That's an AI. Is AI doing the trivia yet, Pete? Or is no, it not yet. Here? Not yet. Mm, when we, we should do that next that? week. I don't think you could explain it to AI. They might <laughs> that's, be. Yeah. That's true. Hey, that he is. says, hey. Oh, Pablo, go. you got them all right. Oh, congratulations. Now, Pete, uh, Pablo, hit us up. We are going to get you a gift card to Midtown Comics. Kevin Guess, is it Mask of the Phantasm? Oh my God! It is Kevin. Well wow. done. Of course, of course, it is because we're talking about the 1993 masterpiece, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm, one of my favorite nice. movies of all time. I like now, Kevin. Didn't know that answer. He just assumed Pete knowledge. <laughs> uh, now, what will be the next masterpiece that comes out? I guess uh, just in terms of comics that are coming out this week, the next great comic. May have already been, already been released today from DC Comics, or maybe it's being released tomorrow from literally any other publisher. What are you guys looking forward to, Pete? I'm looking forward to the Sacrificers number two mm. by uh, really? Rick Remender. Yeah, um, it's uh, pretty crazy and uh, epic. So I'm looking forward to talking to you guys about it. Nice. Uh, really, I look forward to talk to you about that as well. I got to give it up to uh, Doctor Strange. I've been really enjoying Jed McKay's run. I'm sure, a, sure. A you're real, a stand for old Jed I'm McKay. S- I'm a sort of a McKay uh, Vagoda. Wait, you're, you're Cray for McKay? There we go. There it is. Nice. Uh, but I also want to shout out Birds of Prey number one from DC, which I am also really enjoying. Oh, perfect, yeah. Perfect yeah. first issue. I was going to shout that one out as well. A bunch of other great things that I'm really looking forward to. We have got stuff like Swan Songs number three from Image Comics from uh, uh, our guy W. Maxwell Prince. Always a gut-wrenching read that. Also, it's very interesting to check out WAG number one from Scott Hoffman. Oh, yeah, we man. show a couple of weeks ago as well. He talked about that a little bit. If only we talked to him about it. I know. If yeah. only. And I'm always looking forward to a new issue of Peacemaker Tries Hard from Kyle Starks and Steve Pugh, one of the funniest books on the stands. And folks, that is it for this week's yeah, show. First of all, thank you to Woo-hoo. Mel Valentine Vargas. Don't forget to check out Yaki Delgado Wants to Kick Your Ass, the graphic novel from Candlewick, which is in stores now. Also, Simon Hanselman and Josh Pettinger for Werewolf Jones and Sons Deluxe Summer Fun Annual from Fantagraphics. Yeah. Also out now, we're going to have a packed show next week. Matt Groom and Erica Durso are going to be here to talk about Inferno Girl Red. So that should be a lot of fun. Yes. Also, Winston Gambro for Haunted House, a love story. And Brian Ray and Lucian Brown for Fixing Flamingos. A couple of things to plug on our end. Scott Pilgrim versus the podcast, or Scott Pilgrim podcast. We're going to be gearing up. New episode Woo-hoo! dropping this week. Gearing up to the release of the new show on Netflix. Also, Comic Book Club News, our daily news podcast. Every single weekday, you can check that out. Sons of a Gun, our DC podcast for DC news, views, and more. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast for Marvel news, views, and more. Riverdale After Dark is for done. news, is views, done. and more. 
But we did have a podcast uh, with listener questions and stuff that was a lot of fun. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show and all the shows we do. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. Not Stitcher. At Comic Book Live on Twitter <laughs> and X. A comic Book Club Live on Instagram and TikTok. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Yep, Come on to down to Baltimore. Come to Baltimore!